This is the Mercy Talk podcast. Mercy Talk is brought to you by Mercy Multiplied. We exist to encourage, equip, and empower both men and women with the same biblically-based principles we've seen work for over 35 years in our residential homes. If you want to find out more, head on over to mercymultiplied.com. Welcome back to Mercy Talk. My name is Rachel and I am still, it hasn't changed, I'm still just as excited as I was the first time we recorded this, that my friend Jen Otero is with us for this series. How are you doing, friend? I'm doing great. This has been so much fun to talk about. This has been. And it's just going to get... Well, fun in the sense of being <laughs> equipped to overcome. Right, exactly. But I think we have a way of making most conversations relatively we fun. <laughs> we like to sprinkle in some real talk, y'all. Okay. That's right. <laughs> so, so stay buckled up. So if you have not been able to catch any of these episodes, we encourage you to go back even to the first one because we're, we're going to um, silo each of them and get real specific. We started with uh, the friendly sniper, which is someone that covers up uh, maybe hidden uh, you know, bitterness or negativity with uh, sarcasm, yeah. with humor. And then we focused on the know-it-all. And today we're going to be covering a behavior that, for the most part, is a little harder to ignore or tolerate. Right. You know, the other ones before we've laughed off or we've covered up or we've even pretended like they weren't a problem, which they still were. doesn't mean that That's they're right. any better. But with this one, it's so blatant. It's so obvious. It's so in your face that it become it's so destructive. You mm-hmm. have to address it head on. And that is the behavior of a steamroller. If you're like, okay, it's kind of like the friendly sniper. What's a steamroller? What does this mean? <laughs> this is a Tonka truck. <laughs> what is happening? Well, kind of. It is, uh, it is somebody that is using their, uh, their verbal language, their power or authority to intimidate you, to get to you to do what they want you to do. And this may be coming in and berating you, belittling you, uh, yelling at you, calling you out in front of other people and shaming you in a very public space. Uh, it's very, again, blatant. It's very obvious to everybody what's going on. It's usually very loud. Um, it's usually very, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? It's all consuming in the sense that, again, it's loud. It's taking up that space. It's not It's not quiet. It's mm-hmm. not going to go unnoticed. Right. And so when Jen is going to dive into some more details with this, but it's very important to you to not um, just think this is going to go away on its own. That's right. Because that's not the case here. And I think often as we start talking about this, we can typically have someone that kind of comes to mind because with any of these kind of difficulties in relationship we're talking about, they can kind of have a spectrum to them. Sure. You know, like we even talked about last week with the know-it-all, you may have someone who kind of pops in and out of that sometimes. And you may have someone that every time you talk to them, they know it all and they're exhausting. Today, it's it's similar in the sense of understanding that there is this long spectrum to this. This may be someone that just is really prideful and struggles with being heard and really wants to make sure that they are in a position of authority and control. But it also, at the other end of the spectrum, this is where we're talking about verbal abuse. Mm -hmm. This is where it becomes an abusive situation. And so we are going to be very prayerful about the way that we talk about this, that this may be something that needs to be addressed just in a conversation because it's something they're not aware of and they're teachable and they're open to maybe shifting some of the ways they communicate. Yes. Or we may be dealing with some verbal abuse that needs to be addressed and looked into in different ways. And so it's good for us at the 
onset of this conversation to understand that the steamroller can kind of play out in a lot of different ways. Yes. But it being able to acknowledge where it lands on the spectrum and then knowing what needs to be done about it. Yes. But also understanding with every conversation we have, if you've listened to Mercy Talk for one setting, <laughs> let alone for years, you know that we always come back to the root of the matter and understanding what is actually at the root of this. And when you're dealing with someone who's a steamroller, or if maybe it's something that you struggle with on your own, mm. there is typically a whole lot of brokenness. Yeah. There's probably some struggles with need for control. Mm. There's some false responsibility. There's some fear mm. of rejection. There's a lot of things, including some pride probably yeah. at some level. And so as we always say, it doesn't excuse the behavior, but it does explain it. Sure. And so even if you look up into your life and you're like, wow, there is someone that does this to me. Mm-hmm. I say first and foremost, there's a reality of going, okay, what is it that I operate in mm-hmm. and where do I kind of, how do I operate in relationship where this is even allowed Sure. at whatever level? Right. Because if I tend to kind of take the doormat approach to relationship, you will be a steamroller's best friend. Yeah. They love people who do not stand Ooh. up, who do not have boundaries, who do not use their voice, who yeah. do not know where they begin and end. Yeah. And so part of it, even before we deal with the steamroller, there's a reality of That's going, good. okay, what operates in me that allows this to be a relational dynamic? Yes. And what do I need to begin working on? And I will say, we throw this out a lot, but boundaries by Henry Cloud and John Townsend, go get yourself a copy. Yes. Read it and read it again. <laughs> And realize that it gives you permission to understand what boundaries are and how to put those in place. And even in past years, we've done a lot of different series on boundaries, that kind of thing. Get yourself educated on what boundaries look like. If you have a steamroller in your life, because I would tend to believe there's something in you that needs some work too. Yeah. In order for that to be addressed. Sure. Is that no, that's starting so point? But also just really beginning to go, okay, what is operating in them that this is something that they are struggling with? And yes. then how do I take it from there? Yes. That's so good. That's so good. So here then is the million dollar obvious simple question is how do we deal with this type of behavior? Yes. Especially when, you know, we've talked about it it's so obvious. But the other thing I'm thinking about too is a lot of times this verbal behavior is incredibly intimidating yeah. because even if in that moment they're not yelling at us, they we know that they could. We right. know that it could get there. Mm-hmm. And so even being around them or being afraid of what might happen could play a role in how we live our life Absolutely. and how we operate. Mm-hmm. So I don't, could you just maybe give us... <laughs> Give us some wisdom, Yes, Jen. we'll see what wisdom comes out. <laughs> I think the first thought that comes to mind, like often I know when I think of steamroller, I tend to kind of think more along the abusive side of things, right. which we'll get to. Sure. But I also think of that person, you know, in the business meeting or the meeting at work that interrupts all the time. Mm, yeah. That kind of interjects their thoughts that could kind of maybe have a little bit of a know-it-all edge to what they're doing, but that they don't let you finish your thought, that they kind of always have something to say, that there is a steamrolling that happens, that you're not able to get your thoughts out, you're not able to be heard, like there is just kind of this, I mean, when you think of a steamroller, what do they do? They take out everything (laughs) in their path, and you are going to be left flat, right? So- that's where the discussion is important to go. Okay. Even in those moments where it's not necessarily abusive, it's just rude. It's it's inconsiderate. It's not thoughtful. I'm not being heard. Perhaps I'm just being kind of steamrolled over. Once again, that's probably something you need to be looking at of why, how, in what way do you maybe present yourself that positions you for that? But sometimes the most bold, healthy people can try to be steamrolled by folks because it's just who you're in relationship or who's in your life. So I think there's that part of it too, of identifying, okay, on the spectrum, Where does this play out? Mm. And you all know by now there is a place of prayer with this too. Mm. Lord, I see that there is someone in my life who operates from this. I need to know what's happening in their life so I have an understanding. 
I need to know how I'm exacerbating that to some degree. So if I need to get some counseling, if I need to get yes. some help, if I need to start giving myself permission to use my voice, yes. if I need to have a conversation and role play how to have this conversation yes. with someone, then I can begin to do that. Okay. That's so, so important. Yeah. But in addition to that, it's also going, okay, what is going on in this person's life yes. that I need to begin to make some decisions about how much interaction I'm going to have with them, yes. the boundaries I'm going to put in place, the conversations I'm going to have. And very practically, it's understanding that this is this is not someone that you'll probably be able to out yell, <laughs> to yeah. out argue, that to go into a conversation with this person, you need to be very prayed up, very mm-hmm. peaceful and ready to discuss some things with them in a way that counteracts the way that they probably present. Sure. Because they are not going to probably love to hear the things that you're saying. None of these people probably will. Yes. So understanding there may not be totally open to what you have to say initially, but as you go in and you are coming at the heart of the matter and you are showing your care and concern, mm-hmm. there is often an opening up that they may be more open to what you have to say. That's good. Because I think most often, unless you're dealing with a very, very broken, abusive person, most of the time people want to know if that's how they're presenting. Like yes. we've talked about the last couple of weeks, yes. this, this type of an individual is a little bit more challenging to discuss fully because like we said, it's not just behavior that can kind of be tolerated. If sure. you're being steamrolled, it needs to be addressed. Yeah, absolutely. In whatever capacity or 100%. way that may go. Yeah. So it's letting them know that you are interrupting me. Mm-hmm. You're not hearing what I'm saying. I yeah. feel as though you are steam. You feel free to use the term. I yeah. feel as though you're steamrolling me right now. And I need you to be aware that the way you're presenting right now is hurtful. Yeah. I'm not feeling heard. This yes. is really difficult. Yes. Now that may be someone that's in your workplace. That may be an interaction where you know that they're healthy and with it enough and right. self-aware enough to hear this. Yes. Now on the other end of the spectrum, there's a reality that if you are in a relationship where they are berating you, mm-hmm. they are putting you down, they are intimidating you with their physical body or their words, mm-hmm. if there is an anger or a rage behind yeah. what they're saying, yeah. if you're able to discern that the things that they're saying are just not even true, yeah. like that there is an attack and an accusation on your life based on what they're saying, we are getting to a different end of the spectrum that is not just one of those things that you might be dealing with. Sure. There is a reality that you may be being verbally abused. Yeah. And that's hard to hear. Mm-hmm. That's hard to sometimes identify yeah. because when we get into physical abuse or sexual abuse or even spiritual abuse at times, sometimes those things can almost be a little bit easier to identify. Sure. Especially if you come out of a family structure or there is background to your life where this was maybe even a norm. Oh, gotcha. We can yeah. kind of be yeah. like, well, I just sort of put up with it. I tolerate mm-hmm. it. It's just the way that they operate. Sure. That's not true. Mm-hmm. And it's okay for you to begin to go, wow, the fruit of these interactions is not life. Yeah. The fruit of these interactions is not truth. And I can, I can have a disagreement with someone where I don't walk away in tears. Right. I don't walk away feeling small. Yeah. I don't walk away feeling shamed or hurt. I can have a disagreement and it be a healthy conversation. But I think sometimes when, depending on our family structure and our background, we can actually think that these interactions are normal Mm. or they're healthy or they're just the way that everybody operates. Because if I grew up in a home that this is how it went down, that's all I've had modeled to me, then Mm. this is what is norm. But let me be the one that brings this to you today and says that is not actually truth. And so really realizing that if you have someone in your life that steamrolls you in any of these ways, it may be really wise. In fact, I would submit that it is very wise for you to maybe go have a conversation with a pastor 
a trusted mentor, a friend, someone that's able to look into your situation in an unbiased way, maybe even someone that knows this person and loves them as well Mm -hmm. and is able to go, wow, that that's off. That's out of bounds. That's not healthy. That's actually abusive or hurtful. And then to be able to start making some decisions from there, which could include counseling. It could include encouraging them to get some counseling. Maybe there is some physical boundary or separation that needs to occur, but really understanding that the Lord is the leader of this Mm, and he doesn't want this for you. And he doesn't want this for this person because ultimately if they're in a steamrolling or abusive stance, that is not the full person that God created them to be in any form or fashion. Right. So really acknowledging, okay, like this is something that needs to be addressed and allowing the Lord to bring godly wisdom into your life and really understanding where do I begin to set boundaries? When do I have hard discussions? When do I just need to leave the discussion because they are not hearing me? Sometimes a physical boundary is needed. Mm -hmm. Or I actually was talking to a client earlier this week who has this dynamic with her, one of her parents. Mm -hmm. And I explained to her, I said, you have permission to kindly end the phone call. That's good. It could feel like hanging up, and I'm not saying you just hang up mid-sentence, but you say, Mom, Dad, this is happening once again. You are not being kind, and I don't have to sit and listen to this. So I'm ending the phone call. Yeah. Goodbye. Click. That is a physical boundary that I, because I think sometimes there's a reality when we talk about the things we talked about even last week, like letting, like we talked about throwing up, letting it come (laughs) out, letting it come out. That's a different dynamic because that is about them when they're being a know-it-all. They got to get all this out, but it's not hurtful to me. We're talking about abusive, hurtful words that I don't actually have to sit and listen to. That's so good. I don't have to put myself in that setting, in that situation. And so beginning to set some physical boundaries are really helpful and needed Mm. at times too. So good. But as you get the godly counsel, as you have people in your life speaking into it, you'll be able to know. Now, I don't say any of this lightly. This is hard. When you start to identify that, wow, there's some abuse happening in my relationship verbally, it's a really difficult one to know how Mm. to put your foot down on, even sometimes more than physical or different things, because it can kind of be undercurrent. It's something maybe we put up with, or, you know, they apologize. The cycle of abuse happens. This happens. They apologize. We kind of have a honeymoon. We're okay. And then it comes back around. If this is becoming a cycle in your life, it's time to address it and to really begin to put some things in place. Man, that's so good. I experienced sexual abuse coming into the doors of mercy. That was love. Mercy just provided a space where I could (laughs) really start to enjoy my life, value my life. If you are out there struggling, I am here to tell you there is hope. I want to share with you 13 stories of brave young women who made the choice to get help. In my new book, Treatment or Transformation, 13 Real Stories, Why You Can't Argue with the Changed Life, you will hear about lives that have been transformed through the power of Christ, You don't have to live this way. You don't have to stay this way. Freedom can be your normal. I know that sounds hard to believe, but freedom is available. Get your copy of Treatment or Transformation today at mercymultiplied.com or at Amazon. And I think what you said too really sticks out about um, not being the doormat. I think a lot of times, especially in this instance, it's so intense that thinking if I can just lay low, if I can just lay down and let them get it over with or finish, they'll leave me alone or they'll leave me alone. That's right. But really that's not the case. And you said it perfectly a minute ago that steamrollers love doormats because they, there's no boundary. No, there's, there's, it's not a lot of work. Yeah. If I'm going, if if you literally, I keep seeing a steamroller on a road. Yes. They're going to just lay that foundation down. But if there's a bump, 
or a tree or something that's going to make their life a little harder. Yes. So yes, part of our job in health is making it harder. Yes. And I them. think, <laughs> well, no, and I think that's so good because a lot of times, and again, we'll, we'll address this, um, when we get into the victim mentality, uh, because we think, well, I just have to take it or I, you know, I'm the innocent one. They're the ones that are all messed up and we don't do any of the inner work in ourselves to say, actually, uh, I need to set a boundary here or this, this is going to be hard. And again, it's easy to say this on the mic. It's easy to say this on a podcast and I know doing it as a whole other world. It's Mm -hmm. the pedal meets the metal. But I also think that I cannot expect somebody to treat me any differently if I don't ever ask them to or allow That's them right. to. If that makes if that makes like sense. Like I decide how people treat me mm-hmm. is really what it comes down to. Yeah. I can't control how healthy you're going to get. Right. But I get to decide how you're going to treat me. Yeah. And if this continues to be a cycle in yeah. our relationship, I get to decide how long I'm going to stay yes. under that. Yes. Now we know with relational dynamics, your marriage, you got kids, like there is a lot that goes into this that sure. we are not trying to minimize. No. But we are, if there's anything that I love about Mercy Talk, it's the place of going, here's some awareness, here's some thoughts, here's some permission. Yeah. To do something about yes. this, to ask some questions, to really seek God in prayer. Yes. Because as I said earlier, he doesn't want this for anyone. Yeah. This is not his design if yes. this is something that's operating in your relationship. Yes. And he will give you strategy. He will. Books will drop in your lap. Conversations come up. Podcasts, yes. hello, start to show up. Whatever it <laughs> yes. may be. He will equip you yes. to make the changes that you need to make. Yeah. No, that's so good. It's also important to just kind of mention, and again, we've talked a lot about the abuse portion with the steamroller partially just because it is so important. We don't want you to hear this today and go, okay, well I just need to stay and toughen up and get the right comeback and like say, these are my boundaries, but never move, you know, never, never do anything. But what about that coworker? Mm -hmm. What about that coworker that comes in and demands that you give them this, spreadsheet or you know report or whatever and is belittling you in front of the whole office or what about that boss that openly comes you know into your office and just starts tearing you down and talking about everything that you need to do right in front of everybody I mean some of these are or even family members I Mm -hmm. mean we kind of joked about our grandparents or family I mean anybody even think about I mean I can absolutely think of stories um with talking with friends about their parents and their parents berating them in a store in front of everybody. And it was really humiliating. It was really embarrassing. Um, so those kinds of things. And, and we never, if here's the deal, Jen kind of already said this, but if we never communicate our boundaries, it sends the message to the steamroller that they can treat us any way they'd like with no responsibility for their actions. And it fosters anxiety, low self-worth, and again, that victim mentality inside us that doesn't serve us well. That victim mentality likes to say, oh, you're so poor, like you're the good one. And um, there, you know, it, it doesn't help you. It, it, it only pity parties you. And that's, mm-hmm. as, that's as far as you're going to get with that. Um, and so it does nothing to address the issues at hand. And so learning to calmly yet firmly handle oneself in the face of confrontation is just something that we have to get better at learning how to do, really practicing how to do. And I even love what you said a moment ago about that phone call with, hey, you know what, we've talked about this before. You are 
saying really unkind and hurtful things or you're you're raising your voice and when you're ready to talk to me and gosh this is bringing back like episodes from my teacher days but one of the big things that they would always tell us with a yelling student was that a phrase that we would use is when your voice is as calm as mine I'd love to finish this conversation it's so good and so just those little things which sounds so elementary but it's it I mean what are they going to say to that like if you're not going to continue the conversation with them mm-hmm. and you walk away well now they've got nobody to yell at unless they follow you and if they do follow you and continue then again like Jen said we're moving into a higher spectrum of that's right verbal abuse okay now we need to look at getting other people involved and so uh, what practically maybe it's even you sitting down today with the Holy Spirit and just saying Lord would you show me mm-hmm. practical phrases that That's I right. can use with this person how can I kindly set that boundary and say when you're ready to talk through this without interrupting me we can go there That's you know right. how can I set those in place and write them out and, and practice saying them and see if they I mean practice them on a, a kind and caring friend yeah see if they make sense mm-hmm. um, and then go from there because like we've talked about already if you don't set that boundary a steamroller got no resistance That's right. <laughs> they're just gonna over roll you. they're just gonna roll keep on rolling and what I have found too is especially in these really kind of difficult moments especially in relationship where it's like what do I do I really have found the Lord for years and years and years to be a really strategic God. Mm, when yeah. I sit and ask him, Lord, what do I do? What don't I do? Who do yes. I talk to? What book do I read? Yes. How do I get resourced and informed? You will be blown away. He's a good father. That's right. If my daughter comes to me and says, Mom, I need some strategy. I need some next steps. I can't wait to yes. give her what she needs, and I'm a human. Yes. So how much more does the good father say, yes, mm-hmm. I have what you need Amen. in order so to good. resource you and to show you next steps? That's I think so often we don't think to ask him, yeah. Lord, I need an action plan. Yes. I need strategy. Yes. I need you to begin to align me with the right people and the right resources. Yes. And as you do, then I'm equipped to make the steps. We yes. try to figure it, out, figure it out in our humanity or even go to friends. That's not bad. Right. But you have the creator of all things. Yeah. Who knows you inside and out? Who yes. sees where you'll be? Yes. In a hundred years. Like, yes. <laughs> he's got Gosh. a lot to input. Yeah. So take the time to really ask the questions. And as we're talking, I felt like there were two books that came to mind that Same. I want to resource people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. First and foremost, always, as we said, is boundaries. Absolutely. We want to continue to bring folks back to that. 100%. And depending on the relationship that you're in, there's boundaries in marriage. There's boundaries in dating. Yes. There's a lot of those things that help set the healthy boundaries. The other book that came to mind, it's called How to Act Right When Your Spouse Acts Wrong. Oh. If this is in kind of of a relationship as yes. far as marriage, because often that's where this stuff can creep up. It's by Leslie Vernick, and it's called How to Act Right When Your Spouse Acts Wrong. And it really just gets to the heart of a lot of the things that can happen in marriage. And it's a very biblical view on how to address all the different things, whether it's yes. low forms of manipulation all the way up to abuse. It really just equips us with yeah. some really good biblical next steps so good. that we actually use in the home at times with young women that are married and maybe working through some different things. So So it's a really, really great resource that I would encourage people to look into, but also just being prayerful. The Lord will lead you in next steps as you allow him to. Yes. And as you follow his lead. That's so good. That's so good, friend. Thank you. Well, we hope that you found today helpful, encouraging, practical, all of the things, but mostly we want to continue to have this conversation with you guys. And again, not bringing shame to any of these areas. And if you're the one, if you listen to this today and you go, man, I think I have been right. rolling over some folks. Uh, the, the word says that it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. So, you know, I hope that 
this is part of that kindness and bringing that self-awareness and seek that help, seek that counsel, talk with some trusted friends, but we want to continue having these conversations so that we can become not only more self-aware, but live from a greater place of health and freedom. We'll see you guys next time here on Mercy Talk. We're so glad you joined us today. We'd love for you to head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also find previous episodes there. Mercy Multiplied is a nonprofit organization completely funded by our donors. We're incredibly grateful and couldn't do what we do without them. If you want to find out more how you can partner with us financially, head over to mercymultiplied.com. Mm-hmm.